0: All right, here we are. We're back with another edition of the Spectrum Dad podcast. As always, I am your host, Fred Marvel. Today I am talking with Dawn Heiderscheid. She is an occupational therapist. Dawn, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Fred? Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, this is great. I've been trying, I've been wanting to get an OT on for a while now because uh, we've worked with OTs in the past. With our oldest, and we're currently on the waiting list for an ot evaluation again uh, so I thought that it would be beneficial just to you know talk about uh, you know the the point of occupational therapy for people on the spectrum
1: absolutely, I think it's great, and i'm I'm grateful to be here
0: yeah, so uh briefly, like how how did you get started uh down this road? Like what led you to becoming an occupational therapist?
1: You know, it has not been a clear one. It's been kind of a zigzagged one, actually. I um I used to teach art for three years here in Philadelphia. Um, and when I was around 18, I actually applied to college to be both an art educator and an occupational therapist. And at okay. 18, you know, you're supposed to make a decision about your life. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I made the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so after teaching art for about three years, I kind of realized a lot of what I was doing was life skills. You know, I was teaching people how to regulate their emotions when their picture didn't turn out the way they wanted. And I I just kind of realized, like, wow, this is really OT. And I should be going back and doing what I originally kind of wanted to do um, yeah. and had gotten sidetracked from. So I went back to school. I took about three years to do prerequisites and get my master's. And then um, then I became an occupational therapist that way. So it was sort no. of yeah, it was sort of a backwards way, but it worked. <laughs>
0: That's all right. That's all right. Now, like how how long have you been in OT?
1: Yeah, so I've been in OT for about six years and I okay. actually started at a hospital. So I worked for a good portion of those six years um, in acute care. So I was okay. seeing people like adults after they'd had surgeries and strokes and traumatic brain injuries. And, you know, we had people who would come in from, from group homes and we're helping them out and figure out. You know what their next step of therapy was going to be and um and then COVID happened and believe it or not i actually switched over because of that i lost a lot of hours around COVID, and so i started oh, wow. yeah so with all that free time i had i run an outpatient occupational therapy clinic and i am also in the process of opening a community-based home health agency that is going to assist adults on the autism spectrum that are on the Medicaid waiver here in Pennsylvania to actually live as independently as possible in their community.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's funny. Our first experience with, uh, with occupational therapy was like you described in, in the hospital with youngest son when he went through his traumatic brain injury.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
0: Yes. When he was a baby. Yeah. And then um, the, after a while once he was 3 and he got a little older then we started back with occupational therapy for things like you know the the typical like spectrum type things yep. regulating his emotions yep, yep. and moving from uh you know you know moving from like one activity to another especially if it's like one's a heavy physical activity and yeah, to come and sit at the table for you know, dinner, or to play a board game, or something exactly you know, less physical.
1: Well, that's amazing. I mean, then OT in the hospital, it's fantastic, but that's just the jumping point. You know, what yeah. I mean, it kind of introduces you to the world of rehab. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah,
0: we had it both ways. We had OT in the home and at hosp- and at the hospital, and we were blessed because that's awesome. Our son did OT for uh, I can't remember now. He started. When he was four in Children's Hospital in yeah. Philadelphia. And I, he was there for, we would go there once a week for, I'd say, at least a year or two. Yeah, yeah. Before, you know, I don't know how to say it, but he tested out. And, you know, that that really helped him yeah you know, and in fact, it led to like you know uh he loves swimming now because at chop they have a pool, yeah, and you know a lot of his o t for the last six months of his treatment there we were you know we were working in the pool, so he he's eleven now and he's a he's a heck of a good swimmer for an eleven year old that is
1: phenomenal, I love yeah. that,
0: yeah, um now, like Just generally, I know everybody on the spectrum is different, but what are some things that an OT could help out uh, somebody on the spectrum with?
1: Yeah, I think for OTs, I think our biggest thing that we help with is um, sensory dysregulation and sensory processing disorders. Mm -hmm. So for those of your listeners who may not know this, um, I'll just explain what each of them are, I guess sensory dysregulation is kind of more when like our sensory systems just kind of aren't working well together. And it makes it really difficult for someone to effectively make sense of their body or their feelings or the environment. So like they're super distracted. And honestly, sensory dysregulation happens in everybody, whether you're autism or not. Um, And then I guess the difference between that and sensory processing is that sensory processing disorders, they tend to be diagnosed. And it's sort of that same sensory dysfunction but when it inhibits your ability so significantly that you kind of can't participate in the environment in a meaningful way. So I feel like OTs kind of help families and clients figure out that all behaviors have meaning and we can help you figure out what the behavior is meaning and how to kind of like redirect it into a more meaningful activity. So it stops (laughs) impacting your daily routine, you know? Yeah,
0: I know. Going through that uh with my son Alex now yeah uh he's uh he get he noise bothers him like yeah. you know, uh you know, so he wears his headphones a lot uh he's got his noise cancelling headphones, but there's uh plenty of time where, where if we have like people over the house yep. uh, you know he'll ask if we his thing is car rides calm him down, like he's been asking, hey, could we go for a car ride you know yeah. like luckily now like we've been working with him for a while and we kind of recognize it and he's able to sometimes verbalize it like hey it's too much for me we you know yeah we got get out of here but yeah that's that's one thing uh we've been working on with him is because he hears everything wow. and oh yeah i mean we had a uh, birthday uh, and, uh, I think it was his birthday party over the summer. I'm in our dining room talking with my mother-in-law in a normal like tone, like yeah. just a conversation. And he's downstairs in our playroom and there's a house full of people and we're talking about him and he chimes in and like he could hear us, you know, with a house full of people on a completely different floor. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. And imagine how distracting that is to have somebody speaking at a normal tone, and it sounds right. like screaming in your face. You know, oh, yeah. I yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know he gets he gets frustrated too because we have two. He's got two younger brothers, so yeah. uh, By by the end of the night, the headphones are pretty are pretty much on all the time. Because thanks so, God for that, you know. though. Right, yeah. the
1: technology oh, has yeah. come such a long way, and I think it's yeah. helped people on the spectrum so much to just find an alternative way to in to deal with their their sensory stuff
0: exactly yeah
1: yeah yeah it's amazing
0: now um what are like what are some of the things that like an ot would do like if you're going to somebody's house say, like or even if you want to talk about like what you used to do when you worked in the hospital setting like what are like uh, some of the different like exercises and, and things you would do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I think one of the biggest things um, in the hospital was, which was so hard for me. I worked with adults and I know you and I had spoken sort of before the podcast and I was like, oh, I can try to help you out with pediatrics. But my 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 personal skill is more the adult autism spectrum. Uh, you know, people who have, have lived for, you know, 26 years, they kind of have an idea of what they need. I think one of the biggest things I would try to do is make sure that I know what that person's sensory diet typically includes. So I think that's one of the things OTs can really help. There are some adults I meet that don't even know what a sensory diet is. So one of the things I like to do is try to figure out from people what do you like. Do you like loud noises? Do you like rubbing your skin? Do you like to chew things? Do you smell things? You know, what is is the sensory portion of you that is actually calming? And then it's really hard to include that in the moments where the other sensory things are overstimulating. So trying to find that regulation and um, create a sensory diet. So that would be more for like people I've just met. Um, What I'm actually hoping to do with my community-based home health agency is to actually help people find meaningful and gainful employment. So for parents that might be listening a lot, you get a lot of support when your child's under 21. Once Mm -hmm. they turn 21, you're kind of like cut loose and set out to the world and you're kind of like left and you don't know where to go. And Exactly. I imagine as a parent, you're kind of worried, you know, what if something happens to me? What does my what is my child going to do? Who's going to take care of them? And I think the goal of my home health agency is to help parents and adults and people on the spectrum know that there is support, especially here in Philadelphia, for you to, to be as independent as possible. So we actually work with trying to figure out what behaviors are not working. So for some clients, they get they perseverate. You know, like they get stuck on this one aspect and they just want to keep doing it and doing it and doing it and they don't want to stop. So, whether it right. be video games or fixing their hair or, you know, whatever. Um, and we try to create a skill building plan to help teach them a better way to do it. And it might take a full year, you know, and we just focus on one behavior because if you can't get out of the door on time, you can't get to work on time. So, you can't get a job, you know? So, we kind of break things down into, really manageable tasks so that we can set our clients up for success so that they can learn the skills that come a little more naturally to the rest of us so yeah that's a lot
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is a lot and i I, and it's amazing too like it's just it, it it blows my mind sometimes like you know just in our case like no like i said earlier noises are a lot yeah smells he smells everything and smells can be calming for him yeah so like he spends uh, alex spends a lot of his time in our basement in in the boys playroom so i try to uh, you know make sure that it always it always smells good we have air freshener Got the you know he loves uh you know stuff like that and you know that has the kind of opposite effect is, uh, you know, pleasant smells are really, uh,
1: calming for him. Which I think is fantastic. There's actually been some people trying to study, and I don't think that the, the studies are there really to support it, but trying yeah. to use like essential oils as a calming behavior, as like an alternative medicine. And I do think that OTs can help open the door to some of that as well, because I always refer to us as like the hippies of the science world. We're kind of like, what works for <laughs> you? Let's figure it out. Like, oh, you out, let yeah, let me try this out rather than some of the other therapies and doctors and approaches tend to be a little bit more like we do A, B, and C, and this is how we go. And OTs tend to be more like, well, we're trying yeah. A, and we're going to do Z, Y, and W before we try A. <laughs> I
0: know. I know, it kind of feels like a
1: shot in the dark sometimes, but when it works, man, it is amazing to see the growth.
0: It is, though, because it's so like uh, complex. It is. And it's things that... like me as somebody that doesn't really have to worry about this type of thing like I take for granted Mm -hmm. um you know like just something like um uh, you know going out to a restaurant or or going to the mall is is nice and easy for me but you know we try we were supposed to go uh to the king of prussia mall a couple weeks ago for some christmas shopping And we stopped at uh, Target nearby first. And that was packed, you know, as it is this time of year. And Alex said to me, he's like, Dad, I think the mall is going to be crowded. You know, can we not go? Oh, my God. I'm
1: so proud of him for saying that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, Yeah. We've had it. We've had a few of those like light bulb moments where it's like,
1: oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, think about that moment. Maybe parents can relate to this the most. I don't have kids necessarily, but I have, I have pets. I have a lot of them. Yeah. And there's that moment where you just like, you kind of want to yell at your kids, or your pets and be like, just leave me alone. That's somebody on the autism spectrum happening almost all the day, all, all the time, because right. they're just getting inundated with so, you know, their collar hurts, They're their, the label on their t-shirt is so itchy. And for us, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like you just ignore it. Your brains yep. can't. And so I always try to tell people like, imagine you at your worst day when you just needed five minutes alone in a room, that's your child or your loved one, almost 24 hours a day. And sometimes that can help mm-hmm. people really figure out like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is where they are. And it, it helps yep. make more sense.
0: And, and there's a lot of trial and error oh, there is. too. I can't, I can't even think of like all the different things that we've tried to help him in various areas that he, you know, some work, some didn't. You well, and know. some work
1: some days I, and some work other days yeah. because, you know, behaviors have meaning and, and the antecedents. So what comes before that behavior also plays a huge part. So when someone's feeling dysregulated in their house, that's probably a much different feeling than when they're feeling dysregulated at a store. Because in the house, it's right. familiar sounds. You're comfortable there. You know you're safe. But in a store, that same sound may feel like, you know, four monsters coming running at you because you don't know that store. You don't know where to go to be safe. You don't know where your favorite smells are. So, you know, it's yeah. all about the environment and what's happening. And it, it's just it's a lot.
0: <laughs> I know. And we're going through that now because he's also uh, he's also been evaluated by the OT at his mm-hmm. school. But it's kind of like completely different. Um, looking at completely different things with school, it's more like fine motor deficits yeah. and handwriting and well, um, was- you know, like arts and crafts types things. I was but- gonna say, that's
1: a good point, and I'm not sure that parents realize this, and I'm not sure if you do. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, Fred. Um, yeah. School-based OTs are not allowed legally to make any goals that don't relate to school. So everything has to be something that helps them with school. And whereas yeah. an outpatient OT can actually focus more on like, how do we make friends? How do you have conversations? How do you, you know, navigate the play yard or like the, the, the street. So it's very interesting because OTs have different roles in different settings. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, we're go- it looks like, we're like two different, two different angles. Yep. Well, it sounds like it's going to be like fine motor yep. type skills. And then At home, it'll be more of that uh, sensory diet that you were talking about earlier with the noises and with, you know, uh, playing too rough with his brothers, because he's one of those kids that, you know, he's a big kid, he's 11, he and our little guys are seven and three. So he doesn't realize, uh, you know, how tight he's squeezing them and how being and, you know, things like that. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. There's a lot of there's a lot of pediatric OT places and some insurances don't cover it. So if you don't have the money to pay for it, sometimes you're missing out on those options as well. And it's just unfortunate. Yep. The healthcare system doesn't make it easy.
0: You and I were talking about yeah. that a little bit, you know, just privately, like some of the things that, we, that we've been going. Yeah. Through.
1: Yeah. It's a pain. And I wish I could help people navigate it easier, but it's just it's hard. It's hard.
0: Yeah. I, I know. But um, listen, thank you so much for your time today. Like, this has been really, uh, really helpful. I, I, um, it, was, uh, it was good to get to talk to you. Of course, Fred. Thank
1: you so much. This was really good. And if any of your listeners have questions, just forward them to me and I'll see what I can do to answer.
0: Yeah, Where can they
1: find you on, um, on social media? Or, yeah. You know? So actually, you could find me at Aurora Independence and it's on Instagram or I am on Facebook as Dawn April. I'm sorry, Dawn Aurora. I changed my name recently. All right, right. good. (laughs) Yeah, just to make it a little bit easier. So they're more than welcome to reach out. Again, my specialty tends to be a little bit more of the older adults, but I'm happy to direct people to people that are a little bit more skilled if they have pediatric questions.
0: Awesome. Thank Thank you, Fred. All right, talk to you later. And thanks for tuning in this week. This is my final Christmas dad joke. Until next year. So here it goes. How much did Santa pay for his sleigh? Nothing. It was on the house. I'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, As always, reach out to me. I'm on on Instagram at the Spectrum Dad Pod. Shoot me any questions. Or if you want to uh, be a guest on the show, I'd be more than happy to have you. Just let me know. Otherwise, I will talk to you guys later. Bye.